Designers Podcast, where we discuss topics in physical medicine, rehabilitation, pain management, traumatic brain injury, and sports medicine all in one. We focus on delivering the best, unbiased information to our audience. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramshandani. We know how important your health is to you, and we're here to give you the best information right here and right now. Our topic today is going to be low back pain, and this is going to be a topic that we're going to talk about for several days. It's not just going to be one episode because this topic is so large. I've been wanting to do this topic for a while, but we've been talking about other things which seem to be more important at the time, and I think this is the right time to start talking about low back pain. How many of you in my audience have low back pain? chronically or acutely or have had low back pain at some point during their life. I know I have had low back pain and most of the time it resolves with a little bit of time. In fact, 85% of people at some point have low back pain. Most of the 80% or 85% of people that have had low back pain at some point in their life usually don't have anything major wrong with them. The incidence of low back pain is so high, but at the same time, the people that have low back pain are usually pretty healthy. Most patients with low back pain have had it for a more long-term type of situation where they, when they come see me. So the patients that have acute low back pain, which lasts less than four weeks, usually go to their primary care doctor and the pain usually resolves. Subacute low back pain can last anywhere from four to 12 weeks and chronic low back pain can last anywhere for more than 12 weeks. When it becomes this chronic level, patients with low back pain can have a lot of issues in their normal lifestyle and can have issues even doing their normal work. And this is when they have issues when they come and see me for the most part. So which patients have more of a risk of getting low back pain? So one of the biggest risks for low back pain as well as a lot of lifestyle issues can be smoking. Smoking is probably the number one thing that we see as a risk factor along with obesity and older age as far as risks for low back pain. Patients that are female have a higher risk of low back pain. Physically strenuous or sedentary work can actually increase low back pain. So people that do a lot of hard work, for example, construction workers, things like that, can actually have a lot of low back pain. And also IT workers who sit on their chair all the time can also have a lot of low back pain. Job-related stress, job dissatisfaction, and mental health issues such as anxiety and depression can all increase the chances of having low back pain. I'm not going to go into the specific types of low back pain this week because there are so many different types of low back pain, so many different ways we can treat them that I am going to go as a big overview this week and then go into the different things separately later. So non-specific low back pain is most people and this is what happens by no specific disease, abnormality, or serious injury of the spine. Sometimes people say, oh, I threw out my back, sudden onset following physical activity. This kind of pain often represents a strain in one of the muscles in the low back and usually resolves relatively quickly. 
So let's go over the structure of the low back. We have a total of 24 vertebrae in our back. We have seven cervical vertebrae, 12 thoracic vertebrae, and five lumbar vertebrae. This is the case for most people. Some people may have an extra lumbar vertebrae. Some people have less lumbar vertebrae. Now the sacrum and coccyx are actually found at the base of the column and they are fused bones. They actually represent a what we would call a vestigial tail and these are not developed anymore. Now, we commonly associate each lumbar vertebrae and each thoracic vertebrae and each cervical vertebrae by numbers. So the cervical vertebrae goes from C1 through C7, thoracic T1 through T12, and lumbar L1 through L5. We talk about these as C1 being the top one and C7 being the lowest one, and they're on. Therefore, we have all these vertebrae all the way in our low back. Now, sacral vertebrae are fused, but we still call them as different levels. So we may call them S1, S2, S3, S4. Because these are fused vertebrae, we still refer them as individual bones. Now, we talk about the discs in between the vertebrae. And we talk about a disc bulge or a disc extrusion or disc protrusion. These are actually gel-like items in between our vertebrae. So these are composed of a gel-like substance. And this allows our back to be very flexible as well as allow our back to absorb shock. So they're kind of like cushions or shock absorbers in between the bones. Also in our back, we have what's called the spinal cord. The spinal cord connects directly to the brain. And in the brain, we send signals down to the back. In the back, we send signals up to the brain. And essentially, the brain and the spinal cord encompass the brain or the center of our, of our spinal cord or our nervous system. So we call the brain and the spinal cord our central nervous system. And the spinal cord actually ends around uh, the upper lumbar levels or the lower thoracic levels. Most of the time they end about L1 in people. And the spinal cord then becomes what's called the cauda equina or they are the nerve roots that run down from that area all the way down to the legs. The spinal cord itself is a bunch of nerves that runs from the brain to the extremities and the, and the body. One of the things to note is that the central nervous system, the nerves do not regenerate if, if they die. And so if someone has a spinal cord injury, for example, they can, for the most part, not redevelop their nerves. Now, there are exceptions to this rule, but right now, as far as we know, the spinal cord and the brain do not regenerate the same way that the rest of our body does. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, if you remember that the spinal cord and the brain do not redevelop into other things, it's important to maintain these areas of our body because they don't redevelop. It's sort of the same thing as our heart. Our heart is a muscle and it doesn't have the capability of regenerating. This is in contrast to the rest of our body where we have muscles and nerves that actually do regenerate the peripheral nervous system and nerves in the uh, hands, fingers, things like that, they do regenerate. There's also the muscles on the rest of our body, unlike 
the heart that do regenerate. So let's talk about the different causes of pain in the low back and then we will go back and talk about the specific types of pain in the low back and how we treat them. So there's serious potential causes and this is more rare. They're potentially caused by spinal conditions such as infection, tumor, or a disorder called Cauda-Aquina syndrome, which causes leg weakness and bowel and bladder dysfunction as well as back pain. Other potential causes include spinal compression fractures, and this is, happens a lot of times with patients that have osteoporosis. Osteoporosis can be in both men and women, and I will actually talk about osteoporosis as a completely separate topic. <laughs> People with these problems usually have other risk factors or symptoms in addition to low back pain. There are less serious potential causes, which include degenerative disc disease. Over time, or, over time, normal wear and tear can lead to degenerative disc disease or breakdown of the spinal discs. And this doesn't cause the exact pain, but this causes changes in the vertebrae and the nerves and can actually pinch on nerves and other things and can cause arthritis. And the arthritis can cause the discs and the actually the facets or the joints in the back to get to have pain. Bulging and herniated discs can also cause pain. This is when a disc protrudes and can pinch on a nerve, as we say, and this can cause sciatica. This can also cause problems in the neck and down the arm, and that can also cause what's called a cervical radiculopathy. That can also cause a lumbar radiculopathy. Lumbar radiculopathy is also known as sciatica, and that will be a completely different topic again. Osteoarthritis can affect the joints that connect one vertebrae to another, called the facet joints. Now, facet joints are all the way from the cervical spine all the way to the lumbar spine and can even be between the sacral joints at some point. Now, facet joint arthropathy is very common with aging. Many people with this condition have no symptoms. And if you look at an MRI of many people with low back pain, it may look the same as someone without low back pain. So this doesn't mean if you have an MRI that shows, oh, I have degenerative disc disease, that you're going to have low back pain. It could be that your degenerative disc disease is a symptom of your age or of something else that's going on in your body. There's something else that's called spondylolisthesis, and this is a condition in which one vertebrae of the lower spine slips forward in relation to another. And this can be one forwards, one slips forward, one slips back. And this condition can cause low back pain, this can cause sciatica, this can cause neck pain, may also cause no symptoms whatsoever. So someone that has spondylolisthesis doesn't mean that they have severe low back pain. Spinal stenosis of the lumbar region or the cervical re region for that sake. The lumbar spinal stenosis is where the canal is narrowed. Now this itself again does not cause the pain. It is the spinal stenosis that causes pressure on nerves that can cause the nerves to have less blood flow that can cause pain. So that is what spinal stenosis is. There is another condition called ankylosing spondylitis, which is a type of inflammatory arthritis and can cause low back pain in younger people. People with this condition often has ba have back stiffness and in the morning and pain that improves with activity. There's also what's called occupational back pain, and this can include poor posture while sitting or standing at work, sitting or standing for long periods of time, driving long distances, improper lifting techniques, frequent lifting, and lifting excess excessively heavy loads. Low back pain is very common among workers who sit for prolonged periods, as in people who require jobs with heavy lifting. So 
Before we get into everything about back pain, today I'm just going to talk about the basics again. So let's talk about x-rays versus CT versus MRI. So x-rays we get oftentimes on patients with low back pain because oftentimes that's our first knee-jerk recommendation. Now, do we really get an x-ray because it's going to tell us anything? Probably not, but the x-rays do do one thing. They tell us whether you have a fracture or not. And if there's a fracture or something bad happening in the back, the x-ray is usually good enough to tell us that. It's not going to tell us if you have a pinched nerve. It's not going to tell us whether you have a disc bulge, but it's going to tell us if you have a fracture. And that's pretty much all that the x-rays do. A CT or MRI is done in many patients with low back pain. It is usually not required with most patients with low back pain because we can really diagnose it using the history and physical examination, which is really important with patients with low back pain. Now, most people with low back pain do not require CT or MRI, but if it is a CT or MRI that we do, we do find we find that 25% of patients with a CT or MRI have a herniated disc even if they don't have low back pain. And this can lead to further testing and treatment that may not be helpful or necessary. CTs also expose the patients to a lot of radiation, even more so than x-rays. An MRI is based on magnetic fields, but they are long and can take a long time to treat or take a long time to have. And this can be very important and a deciding factor as far as getting an MRI. So that's all I'm going to talk about low back pain today because I've already talked about 13 minutes and I think that we can talk about the specific types of low back pain, the different treatments that we have for low back pain on our next episode and I think that'll be really important for everybody to so on our next episode, we'll talk a little bit more about low back pain and the different specific types of low back pain and how we treat those types of low back pain. And now for our good news of the week. A young teenager in Frisco, Texas, I used to live in Frisco, Texas, has become the America's top young scientist after developing a potential treatment for COVID-19. She lives in Frisco, Texas. Her name is Anika Chera Blue. She was named the winner of the 3M Young Scientist Challenge for her research project, where she used a software to screen millions of small molecules that are potential as therapeutic drugs for COVID-19, and specifically for their binding against the TPMS22 uh, spike protein. And this resulted in the discovery of a molecule that could block the coronavirus's ability from going into the cells. It's amazing that a 14-year-old child can come up with all this and we are still working on developing a vaccine or some sort of treatment for the COVID-19 pandemic, but very, very cool that a 14-year-old has developed this and has gotten national recognition and a $25,000 prize. Very cool. And thank you for all the researchers that are actually doing COVID-19 research. It is incredible work that you guys are doing. I appreciate it, and I'm sure everybody else here appreciates it as well. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our team at Neurovations who has helped promote this podcast as well as doing lots of research projects. Thank you so much. Neurovations is doing a low back pain and a knee study. I will talk about the knee study a little bit today. If you or one of your family members has severe knee pain due to degenerative arthritis, you may be eligible for this study, which is studying a novel or a new type of injection 
of a material that may help with inflammation in the knee, please call the number 707-252-9606. Again, 707-252-9606. You can also find the information at neurovations.com and click on the research button. Thank you again for listening to the Physiatry Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Avinash Ramchandani. I hope to fill you in on more information about low back pain soon, and we will have a special guest hopefully in the next couple weeks here. Thank you again, and I hope to see you next week.